I'm Misty Seibel, your host. Welcome to Sweet Home Seibel. Okay, before we get started on today's episode, I do want to mention briefly that I will not be putting out an episode next week. I'll be on vacation, so the next podcast episode that will come out will be the week of the 18th. Whatever day it happens to come out, I can't tell you yet, but I won't have one the week of September 11th to the 17th. If you are not already, follow me on Instagram. I do put these updates on there, which sometimes I forget to say in my podcast. And you can also hit the follow new episodes alert button, or you can just follow my show so that you automatically get updated when I post a new episode. All right, I'm excited to get into today's topic. And to be truthful, I have thought about doing this episode so many times, and I've thought of how I would say it, and none of them really felt right until now. Today we're going to talk about your body. I don't mean anything about your body image. That is not what this episode is about. It is about your body, but it's about how we communicate with our bodies. Okay, I'm going to give a little bit of a background. This is how the universe works, and I absolutely love it, so I want to share these little tidbits because then you might hear it and start to synchronize it in your own life. The other day, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw a mom post. It wasn't a mom. It was like a mom account, and it was on my popular page, and it had said, like, what you do, your toddler will imitate, so try reading in front of them and try, you know, all these different things. And I saw reading and I was like, oh, well, that's easy because I read anyway. And sometimes I feel guilty for reading while Marlo is playing around me. So that kind of gave me that like kick, like, hey, nope, you can read. So fast forward to this morning, I already had all of my talking points down for this podcast episode. I knew what I wanted to talk about. I picked up a book off of Marlo's play shelf. And I just flipped to a random page, and it was a page about the pain body, and it added detail to what I already decided I wanted to talk about on this podcast. And I was so thankful that I just listened to those little nudges, like, this led to this led to this, and maybe me doing this podcast is leading to someone who needs to hear it in the moment that they're listening to it. So I love those little synchronicities, and I am going to read a few passages from this book because they just go so well with what I want to say today. So without further ado, let's get started, and we're going to talk about your body. More specifically, how your body guides you. I think this is such an important thing for us to focus on in our lives. Here is why. You have a physical form on this earth. That is your body, just as animals have physical forms, insects, bugs, everybody who is living and breathing has a physical realm of intelligence that helps them while they're on earth. In the case of humans, our intelligence form, being our body, reacts to our mind, which is our thoughts. Think of it this way. You think that you are controlling your body. Maybe you don't, but you think like, I am breathing. I am digesting. But really, what you should be saying is blood is circulating. Digestion is happening. Your intelligence form of your body is doing that regardless of what you are thinking. 
regardless of what your environment is. Why does this matter? It matters now because of the society that we live in, because of the standards that we put on ourselves, because of the stress that we're under, because of the trauma that we've endured, because of the pain that we're carrying around or the suffering that we haven't let go of yet. All of these symptoms are alarmed by our intelligent form. Anytime we have a thought, our body responds. In order for us to really, really heal, to really enjoy our peace of mind, we have to get our body on board. So today I want to go through a few steps that helped me understand how to connect my mind with my body and how to stop those quote-unquote false alarms that this intelligent form responds to because it hears our thoughts in our mind. Eckhart Tolle, in his book, A New Earth, said it so poignantly that I'm just going to read the paragraph because that, I think, is a good starting place. This intelligence, your body, your life form, gives rise to instinctive reactions of the organism to any threat or challenge. It produces responses in animals that appear to be akin to human emotions, anger, fear, pleasure. These instinctive responses could be considered primordial forms of emotion. In certain situations, human beings experience instinctive responses in the same way that animals do. In the face of danger, when the survival of the organism is threatened, the heart beats faster, the muscles contract, breathing becomes rapid in preparation for the fight or flight. This is the primordial fear. He goes on to say, When being cornered, a sudden flare-up of intense energy gives strength to the body that it didn't have before. That's primordial anger. These instinctive responses appear akin to emotions, but are not emotions in the true sense of the word. The fundamental difference between an instinctive response and an emotion is this. And this is the important part. An instinctive response is the body's direct response to some external situation. An emotion, on the other hand, is the body's response to a thought. He goes on in this part of the book to explain that while, yes, emotions can be produced from certain situations, it's always filtered through a thought. And he gives the example of if you hear, say, somebody else's car got stolen, That wouldn't produce immediate fear in you, but if you heard that it was your car that got stolen, because it's through the lens of your perception, all of a sudden it's my, it's related to me, now my emotions are going to trigger a response. The problem becomes when the body doesn't know the difference between an actual situation versus emotions regarding any type of event or situation. So basically, your body is producing false alarms left and right because of the thoughts that you produce in your mind. So we want to go through a few steps how we can first identify the actual instinctual responses versus the thought emotion responses, and then how to move forward to make our minds and our bodies more aligned. All right, so step one that has worked for me, just being able to observe your body's responses. You want to see how your body responds 
in situations of stress, situations of anxiety? Does your heart beat faster? Do you start to sweat? And that's all we want to do in step one. Take note that yes, your body is responding to an emotion or an event. That's it. We just want to take note of it. Nothing else. That's just step one. Sometimes it's a little too hard or it's a little too chaotic to pay attention to your body's responses in times of turmoil and stress and anxiety. I'm sure people are thinking, it'd be nice if I could pay attention to my body signs, but I'm too busy worrying or I'm too busy being stressed or anxious. If this is the case for you, that's okay. What I want you to do, if you have five minutes at some point today, I want you to bring up a situation that happened recently to you that produced a lot of anxiety or stress. Replay everything that happened. Go through it step by step and start to see how your body responds. Start to see what emotions come up for you and then how your body is responding to you even just thinking of the emotions you once had in recent turmoil. This is going to be step one because we need to understand our body's alarm encyclopedia, shall I say. We need to know when I have butterflies in my stomach, it typically means this. When my hands start to tingle, it means this. Or when I'm stressed, I know that my body will do this. Before we do any work to try and align our body with our minds, we need to understand where we're starting from. So observing and logging all of your body's reactions to your emotions might take a while. You might not be in stressful situations all the time. It might take us a while to be aware enough to pay attention to our body signals. Not all body signals, like Eckhart Tolle said in his book, are for bad or negative reasons. And in that no, that should be danger or death or deception or not going into a situation that won't be good for you. But we also have body language that tells us, yes, you absolutely should do this. Yes, this is aligning with you. Yes, this makes you feel good. After a few weeks or months of just simply observing our body's reactions, then we can start making connections. So step two would then be to start logging them and writing down or mentally logging, okay, my body feels this right now because are you A, thinking a certain way? Are you B, stressed? Like what's your external environment? What is producing those body's responses? We want to start connecting the dots to add the why. This is a really important step because your yes responses and your no responses might come from two completely different parts of your body. This is a little side note. I've done a little bit of research into human design, and this is a really good starting point to see your yeses and your noes of your body. You have defined chakras within your body, and you have undefined chakras. When you have a defined chakra, that basically means that you know who you are in that area. Anytime you feel something from that area, you know you can take it as a solid yes or a solid no. No two people are going to feel the same thing in the same way, so it would be kind of a waste of a breath to explain all of them because everyone's is different. All right, so this leads us into step number three. You need to start being able to decipher your real feelings from the body alarms that you're getting that might be false. False. 
This requires a lot of awareness and a lot of evaluation. Step number three is going to be the hardest because you're tracing your thought and your body alarm back to its original wound. And that's what a lot of people talk about with inner child work. No matter if it's from a past life or it's from your past in this life, we carry around pain and trauma in our bodies and that's what we respond to anytime a similar situation comes forward. It's kind of scary because once you dive in trying to find the root of that trauma or that false body alarm, you might dig up some dirt that you have buried for good reason. And inner child work in and of itself is a completely different podcast episode, but just know that it is possible that if you are experiencing stress and your body responds to it and you evaluate the situation and then you go back and think of all the other times or look at your log of all the other times you felt that same way, it might be a situation that you are assuming is stressful because of something in your past that happened that actually was stressful. Let me give you an example. With my social media, I started exhibiting signs of body alarms whenever I would get on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. I started feeling anxious. My head started running rapid through thought after thought after thought, and my heart rate would increase, and I would immediately feel like sick And that happened every time I opened social media. So then I started to see a pattern of, okay, my body's trying to tell me something. Clearly, I have some work to do with the stresses of social media. So I took the opportunity to dive a little bit deeper and understand why I feel stressed or anxious when I get on the platform, which actually led to a lot of clarity for me. So then that includes step number three, the end of it, If you do decide to run through the muck and the mud of your past and your trauma to get rid of these body alarms that are false, it is extremely satisfying on the other side. And I can tell you that firsthand. Having your body work for you as your guide is such an empowering feeling that I just absolutely want everyone to be able to have that for themselves. Think of your body as your intelligent advisor. You can say, hmm, do I want chocolate milk or regular milk? And let your body answer. Or you can say, hmm, do I want to stay in this relationship or do I want to leave this relationship? And let your body answer. All right, then we're going to go to step number four. So while you're evaluating, if it's not necessarily a deep trauma, which some of it isn't, a lot of it is just daily stressors that we can easily get rid of, we're going to have to put a new thought in its place that provides a new body response. This I'm going to call the choose again method because I learned it from Gabby Bernstein. It was like one of the first books I read and it has stuck in my mind ever since then because I think it's just so easy and yet so powerful. When you are in step two and you're making those connections of why is my body responding this way right now, this is when you get to choose again. Instead of whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, talk to your body. Okay, body, we're going to choose something different now. 
and then decide what it is. Are you going to breathe easier? Are you going to go read a book? Are you going to call a friend? Whatever it may be. Are you going to just talk to yourself lovingly until you feel calmed down? We only want to do this for those false body alarms. But I do think it's a helpful tool in the long run, especially because I've implemented it. At least for me, it does work. It just takes a lot of awareness in the moment to be able to switch your thought that your emotion is driving to a thought of peaceful control. My body does not have to respond this way. I do not have to feel this way. This emotion is not valid within me, so I'm going to replace it. And finally, step number five, I just want you guys to remember that this is not overnight work. Start small. This will lead into bigger wounds. So we have to start with those daily, small, conquerable feelings and emotions and false body alarms before we decide to dive into the deep end. So we're going to be gentle. We're going to go slow. And my highest recommendation would be to journal a lot. Journaling always gets it from your mind out. We want to start recognizing patterns. So if we're journaling and we're saying, this is how I felt today and this is how my body responded, we can go back and look at the progress that we've made. And let me tell you, reading your own progress, there's nothing more satisfying. All right, I'll leave you with this example of what ultimately made me decide to start listening to my body. Through a lot of my inner child work, I realized that there were past parts of me from my early childhood that were basically still making the decisions for who I am today. So picture it this way. Misty, 29 years old, who's talking to you right now, and then standing beside me is Misty, six years old. She lives within me. She has not gone away. She still resides within me. Something happened to Misty at six years old that was a true alarm. Because of that true alarm, six-year-old Misty, from then on, had the authority to switch that light switch on and off, that body alarm on and off, any time six-year-old Misty thought that that event or emotion or situation was happening to her again. The problem is that six-year-old Misty does not have the same view on life as 29-year-old Misty. So I need to talk to six-year-old Misty, understand why she still wants to flip that body alarm switch on and off when maybe it's not actually the same importance as it used to be, and then tell her that I get to take over the reins now. Thank you for assuming that you're helping me and alarming me because at six years old, she did do her job, but now... 29-year-old Misty understands life a little bit more and can make the best decision for 29-year-old Misty all the way down to 1-year-old Misty. We want to take the authority back into the hands of our present-day selves. I want to be able to flip those body switches based on where I am and who I am today. I don't want 6-year-old Misty deciding when to flip the body alarm. Because chances are, at six years old, she's going to be flipping it a lot more than she needs to. This is inner child work. This is going into your mind, talking to that small version of you. Whatever happened, acknowledge it. Give whatever words, 
verbiage that you would have wanted to hear then, and then take the authority into your present day self. It's such a profound experience, and I can tell you the number of times I've done it, I have yet to experience those body alarms since. And I think that's such a beautiful gift to give yourself. So I think this episode has really come at a right time when everyone's talking about healing their trauma and listening to their bodies. This is why we want to do that. Your body can be a really fantastic guide for you. And in fact, it should be because it's the intelligence form. You just have to be able to shut your mind up enough to listen to it. And that's it. That's all I have today. All right, you guys, I will be out with a new episode the week of September 18th. But for today, I'm all out. So have a great day and thanks for listening to Sweet Home Cyborg.